a Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Thank you all for joining me once again for the Rocky Mountain ATV MC dot com kefir tested podcast today we're going to be talking about something different something that i get several emails on uh people come up to me and talk to me at the track about this um it's the alta redshift so there's a lot of questions out there about this bike about the company about how it works is the company trying to take over gas powered dirt bikes so we're going to cover a lot of things in this podcast just to give you a brief overview of everything but first things first we want to thank the guys at rockymountainatvmc.com because they're the trusted online source for parts accessories gear for dirt bikes side-by-sides dual sport bikes atvs and street bikes low prices unparalleled customer service and free three-day shipping. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for the power sports enthusiast. We want to thank those guys for jumping on board. They have helped us out tremendously. So please, everyone out there, if you are going to go shop for some stuff, go to RockyMountainATVMC.com. And also, if you're looking for a great apparel line, you want to go the track, and some cool-looking shirts and stuff, go to rudderracing.com. They bring a more fitted and more comfortable apparel line to the off-road racing community. Noticing in the industry that the only way to get a long enough shirt for the taller guy was to get an oversized one that didn't fit or look good. The owner, Clint, is six foot five, and his wife, April, took it into their own hands to bring something new to the off-road racing world. A longer, more fitted men's clothing and softer, more comfortable-fitting women's and children's apparel. you got to look good at the track. These guys sent me some shirts, and they're soft. They're not too thin, not too thick, but they feel good on you. So I, I like them a lot. Whether you're a taller guy looking for shirts that fit, or an average height rider looking for a longer yet not wider cut, Rutted Racing has you covered. Check out Rutted Racing's entire product line at ruttedracing.com and give them a follow, please, on Instagram at Rutted Racing. They help us out. They got some good stuff, and uh, I like them a lot. Basically, when I take these um, sponsors for the show, um, I don't want to clutter up the whole show with sponsor plugs, but um, I look into them. I research them. I don't want to wear something that's crappy. Um, these guys don't have anything that's... That's not good. They sponsor Henry Miller. He's a privateer. They're a good bunch of guys. So go to ruddedracing.com, get some shirts, follow them on Instagram, hit up Rocky Mountain. I appreciate it. All right, we've had enough plugs right now. Let's dive into it. Alta Motors Company and Alta Motors Redshift. As you guys know from the show Niche Market, I've been doing this thing for a long, long time. 
and yes they were paying me to test and doing all that stuff so um, don't think I'm here to tell you or to sit there and you guys are listening to this and think oh Kiefer's just gonna blow these people um, they don't uh, pay me to, to say anything they don't pay me to do this podcast so I wanted to do this podcast because um, I get a lot of questions about the bike that's you know simply enough I get a lot of emails in my inbox and a lot of those emails are for the Alta Redshift so when I look back on the time I've had with this bike I mean it's been I think four years now almost four years that uh, I've been trying to help them develop this thing and uh, so I'm just going to take you through some things that I've experienced with the bike with the company how it rides on the track um, give you some specs and also, if you guys have any more questions about this Redshift, you can always hit me up at chris at kieferinktesting.com, and we can rap about it a little bit. Um, so basically, basically, the company is in San Francisco, California. Um, the main guys there that started the company are Derek, Mark, and Jeff. And those guys, those three guys have a, a long-standing background with, with motorcycles, flat track, um, so just to give you a, you know, a brief story about how I was, uh, brought up into this is I just got a random, um, email sent to me asking me if I, uh, wanted to, Kiefer Inc. wanted to go test some stuff. And I've, you know, I was still at, at Dirt Rider at the time and I, uh, emailed them back, said, sure, what is this all about? And I said, hey, can we set up a meeting, a phone, you know, com- on conference call? And, uh, I said, sure. And we... And I sat there and talked to uh, Derek, Mark, and Jeff, and they said, hey, we're with an electric bike company. And it was called, it was a different name back then. They changed the name to Alta later on. Um, but they said, hey, uh, we need someone to test this bike. Uh, we heard that you're a good guy to help uh, get this project off the ground and develop it with us. And we want to fly you up here to San Francisco and um, have you ride the bike for a few days. So. Me being me, I was a little skeptical um, because I have raced and ridden, you know, several electric motorcycles. I have ridden the Zero. I have raced the Bramo, uh, if you guys remember that. And that had a clutch. Um, That one was uh, clutch-driven. So um, I've never really had good luck or very good experiences with an electric motorcycle. One, it was just so weird to ride, um, so much different than hopping on your guys' bike that's in the garage. Uh, and also reliability and length of, of fun and life wasn't very good. Um, going back to the mini moto races that they had in Vegas, I raced, they had an electric bike class that I raced with the Bramo. I think there's some stuff online, you can, you can search it. There's a GoPro video of me and this dude just slamming each other in this electric bike race, so um, it's pretty fun to watch. But when I rode the Bramo at the at the deal, I just never really could correlate it with riding a dirt bike. And they had a clutch, but it didn't do anything. Like you couldn't fan it, you couldn't, uh, you know, it didn't it didn't shift. It didn't have a shifter, but it used the clutch to. They actually had the clutch to see if you could fan it to get the RPMs up, which it never did. It was a super weird system. Um, I think the company got bought out or is no longer in business, but 
anyway, so I, I took this job. I flew up to San Francisco. I met these guys. Um, first thing, I, I'm a pretty good read of people. I can kind of like check out the person and see if these guys are legit or not. And when I went to their, their facility, um, you know, a lot of good people were in here and a lot of them were enthusiasts. They just weren't there for trying to make, trying to make money. All these guys have a background in some sort of two wheeled, um, racing. And, uh, I really thought it was, it was cool. And they were pretty green when it comes to, uh, you know, testing and doing some motocross testing. So me getting in there, starting out, it was a trying time guys. Like, um, I got in there and we were supposed to have some tests, you know, four days worth of testing. Um, I went out and tested the first day and I think we had some problems with the bike and we didn't test for another two days. And then I think I rode maybe two days out of the four days because they were working on stuff to try to make it right. So I could have looked at that two ways. One, I was like, I'm wasting my time. Or two, I'd be like, hey, this guy's, these guys are really um, taking the time to do it right um, for my safety. And uh, so I just kind of hung back, um, watched how everything w went down. Um, these guys are very meticulous in what they do. And uh, I went for the last day of the test. It was a, it was a success considering what the bike was. Um, a lot of rapid proto parts on the bike. So this was a very, very new machine in prototype stages. So fast forward, you know, a year or so, maybe almost a year and a half, I was flying back and forth, you know, quite a bit, helping them test. And uh, the bike would have problems. But what I liked about Derek and the guys that were there, they always addressed the problem that I had before I came back the next time, which to me, uh, believe it or not, guys, in, in my line of work, it's very rare. Like I'll have a problem and go test with some other companies and I won't hear back from them. Um, and I might not ever ride the bike or test the part again. They might just scrap it or never call me again because they're butt hurt because I broke their part or didn't like, they didn't like the feedback that I gave them. So, um, I was very harsh on these guys at first, man. And I, and I really ran down what I thought wasn't good about the bike. I, I, what I told them when I was helping them develop the machine was I want a guy who rides his, you know, YZ 250F or, you know, KX 450 or whatever at home, hop on this machine and I want them to feel like it's a dirt bike, not a mountain bike-ish feel or so foreign that he can't have fun on it. So we tried to work on the power delivery a lot, the linear feel of it, and it's not a light switch, so you don't have to time your throttle when you're going up a face of a jump. These are all the things we worked on first, and most of it was engine feel, engine power on the track. We didn't really work on suspension and stuff um, until later on, until we got um, the chassis and the motor um, up to par. So I asked them what the chassis was. Everything's proprietary to Alta. They, you know, it's all their stuff. Um, besides, obviously, the suspension—that's um, WP stuff. Um, 
but the frame is theirs. The schematics of the frame is off of a Honda CRF. So um, if this is going back from what they told me when I was testing, it's all off of a, I think a 2012 Honda CRF 450. Um, and to me, that's a damn good bike to base a chassis off of because I've ridden a 2012 CRF 450 and I think that was the last Honda that I really liked until the 17 came out. So um, it's a good starting point for a chassis. Um, they had that. We had that down. We worked on a lot of engine um, things, um, heat building, uh, engine power delivery. Um, during this testing time, the bike threw codes and would just shut off at times, and we had some weird things happen, all part of the R&D process, which to me is cool that I can share this with you guys and uh, so you know what kind of goes down. It wasn't just a, a product they came up with, and we wrote it for six months, and it, and then now you see it all over with Josh Hill and, and Darren Durham and all these guys riding it. No, the process was long. These guys went to work and they were very passionate about what they were doing. Also, just to let you guys know, just because I know these guys, I hear a lot of the bullshit that's out there about these guys are going to hurt us, um, hurt um, gas-powered sales. These guys all have gas-powered motorcycles. They do ride other things besides their electric bikes here. Um, I don't think it's going to take over the world. I, I really like the electric technology, but even for me, I don't think it's ever going to replace um, the feeling that I have of riding my, my combustion, you know, gas-powered um, motored motorcycle. Like, I love it. I love that feel. I love the smells and all that. So this is just another avenue we can uh, choose to go to if we ever need to, because we don't know how technology is going to move forward. We don't know what manufacturers are going to do. Um, we don't know what laws are going to be passed. So it's good for us to have this technology out there just for the simple fact of just in case. I don't give a shit, man. If, if shit goes down and I can't ride a gas-powered motorcycle at certain times of the year or certain parts of the trail and everything's getting shut down because of noise and all the stuff that's going on in our world today, I still want to ride a motorcycle. And I hear these guys like, I ain't going to ride shit. If it, if it goes down, forget it. I ain't riding. Well, I'm not like you guys, man. Like, I want to ride a dirt bike. And to me, this Redshift is a dirt bike no matter what. Um, I'll get into that more, but... Basically, I just wanted to hit you guys with what was what the process was of getting this bike to fruition and making it to production. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears went in this, and my part was very, very minuscule compared to all those guys um, developing and and getting the stuff that's better. My part was easy. I just told them if it was shit or if it was good, and if it was shit, they went to work. Um, and they made it better. So, very cool. Um, I had a lot of help in the ergonomics of the bike. Um, the rider triangle. Um, originally, when we started this thing, the handlebars were too high. We went the lower bend bar. Um, we changed the, the seat shape several times. Um, peg heights. Um, we did all kinds of things. So, uh, a lot of what you see 
on the bike now is a direct correlation of what we all came up with that I helped with um, three years ago. So very cool process, very rewarding for me to see all that, and uh, very cool to see how how well it's been perceived so far um, for the most part. Um, so the guys now, they have a new R&D team, um, which ev- became better, actually. Um, I think almost, I mean, a year and a half, two years, they moved to a different facility in San Francisco. They got a bigger R&D team. Um, there's a guy named Dale that's in charge of R&D there. He's an older guy, flat track guy, super smart, very meticulous, which I like. Keeps me um, in a very good mental state um, when I'm trying new things. He's uh, very calculated, and uh, he doesn't miss anything. So when I'm on the track, I'm not worried about shit falling off or something happening to the battery or having it cutting off or anything. He is, uh, he's a very good addition to Alta, and I'm glad they brought but him on, and they had Chad. Chad was another guy that was on the R&D team, but he also went to marketing with John. And those two guys hit up the marketing side, which are good dudes. And um, I just re- I'm all about good people, and I know you've seen my social media posts and all this. But um, everyone that I've come in contact with at Alta, just a bunch of good people, and uh, and I don't know, I, I I like that kind of side of things, you know, seeing the good side of things. So, um, so enough about the company. Um, Basically, I want to give you guys a synopsis of what it's like to ride this this thing. So, the Alta Redshift uh, basically it's it's equivalent it's equivalent to a 250cc size um, engine. That's what they're trying to race. They really want to go race Supercross, um, which they're trying to do, which I think they can't do for 2018. Um, but they've obviously you guys seen it out there with Josh Hill, Straight Rhythm. The thing's fast. Um, it has 40 horsepower, um, 120 foot-pounds of torque. The recharge time on this, if it's fully dead, is two hours. So if it's 0% battery, it takes two hours to charge on a 220-volt system to charge it. Um, you can go to a 110. I have both here at home, and uh, 220 is faster, but I use a 110 at times. Uh so the weight, where everybody's going to freak out on, the weight is is actually heavy. It's uh, 260 pounds, maybe a little bit more. Um, when you go to put it on the stand, you're like, holy shit, it feels heavy, right? So in my mind, you're going to think it's heavy on the track, but we'll get to that part. But um, um, it has four map switches on the handlebar. Um, the first map switch is more like a, a beginner map where you can kind of like, if you're just getting used to the bike... Um, or, you know, what I do is when people ride my bike here, I put it in map one so they just get used to the fact that, uh, the feel of the power, how it's delivered, very easy to use map. Um, map two now is an MX race map. Um, so it's restricted to that of an equip. It's basically a 254 stroke when you're in map two. Uh, I use that quite a bit when I go ride, but I'm mostly in map three and four. Um, map three is similar traits to the MX race map, which is a number two map, but with more bottom end and probably a little bit more traction feel that I get out of map three. So um, if I want the battery to last a long time, um, I'm usually in map three when I'm motoing down at the track. 
Map four is gnarly, guys. Like map four, holy shit! Hang on to your, <laughs> hang on to your pants, guys, because it freaking fast. Like everyone that rides this thing, that I let them ride, they can't get over how much torque it has and how fast it is. So, um, map four, straight up with you guys, it's not going to last as long as it is in map two and map three. So uh, I try to leave it in map three. It doesn't get as hot. The battery doesn't get as hot, so it lasts longer. Um, and going to the battery system, um, it lasts to... If I'm in map three, it's 100% charged. It's 85 degrees, 80 degree day. Um, that thing will last almost 30 minutes. It, we're right at 30 minute moto. Now, that is the battery that's in the 2017 Alta Redshift. There's updated batteries that I've tested that are coming out that's better technology. Um, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't build heat as much as the current battery and it lasts longer. So when I just tested this new battery that's coming out for the 18s, um, it felt like it had more power to me. They told me it doesn't, but when I wrote it, it felt like it did. And it also felt like the connection to the rear wheel was more, which was super weird to me, because I don't know enough about battery technology to see if that even happens um, when you're on the track. But basically, this new battery that's going to be in the new bike, and don't quote me on this, but I think they're going to do running changes as they go. So... Um, this new battery technology is coming out. It's better, and uh, you'll be able to ride longer. Um, so, um, which is very cool. Like I said, use WP suspension. Um, the current bike has a 4CS fork. Not a huge fan, but that's what they had to work with. That's what they had to use when they went in with WP to uh, to get all this um, set the suspension for production. Now they switched over to the AER fork, uh, what I have on my bike, which will be on the 2018 version, which is a lot better, a little bit lighter, and uh, works very well. I had a help, had a, a help in setting some of those settings for those guys. I worked with WP and Alta on some new settings, so those will be out in 2018. And like I said, WP shock and uh, Brembo brakes, so the brakes are really good. Uh, neck and handlebars and grips and basically that's the overview of the bike um, the shrouds are a little bit different uh, lower has some ribs on it um, I'm not a huge fan of the ribs per se um, but to me almost like anything it kind of brings me back to like when Yamaha changed their their bike in 2010 I wasn't a big fan of that look either right and then I was like ah the 09 is way better looking but now that I've been around the Alta for a little bit, I've seen it. It grows on me. It looks cool. It looks like a dirt bike, so uh, I like it a lot. Hey, everybody. Want to get some shirts done? Go to our sponsor, ScreenPrintingDone.com. ScreenPrintingDone.com. These guys produce T-shirts, hoodies, hats for every occasion. You need T-shirts for your employees, T-shirts for your track, or maybe even your event that you're throwing? These guys can make it happen. Hell, maybe you're just going to start your own clothing brand. Everyone else is doing it. Why not? Make a logo. Send it to them. They'll do it up. Whatever you need, these guys can take care of you. Mention Kiefer. 
not Queefer, mention Kiefer in the contact when you email them and get 10 free shirts. 10 free shirts, guys. Even if you order 12 t-shirts, you're getting 10 more. 22 t-shirts for the price of 12. Bitch and deal. Screenprintingdone.com. Head over there. Mention Kiefer. Get some free stuff. So what's it like to ride? Um, I get this all the time. And I get people that want to ride this thing. And I really wish... Uh, I need to get permission from Alta to see if I can let people ride it when I'm at the track. Almost like a demo ride. Um, but I don't know if they'll let me. But I really wish a lot of people would just ride this thing and it really change their perception of uh, of this bike because it's super fun to ride. So basically, basically once you're, you get on the bike... Um, overviews you. There's a key. Turn the key on. Turn the switch on. Then you push a button, a red button, and that ignites, you know, the battery and everything, and you can take off. Um, which I think is cool because I have an 11 year old kid, and he turns it on and he wants to go, but he can't because you actually got to push the button before you leave. And there's a process. You got a key, switch, and then button. If you do the, if you do the you know the switch and then the key it doesn't work so there's a process to it um so what it's like to ride it it feels when you when you get on it you're like oh man it's kind of different because you don't hear anything and that took me a long time when i started riding this thing like a couple days to get used to hearing the tires flex the chain slap uh the plastic moving around um but it's uh it's quite the different experience as far as uh riding a dirt bike but to me, that's where it ends. Like everything else, besides the the lack of sound and the lack of clutch lever, everything else feels like a dirt bike. So it's super um, trippy to me when I go ride it, and I'm actually, you know, going over jumps, and I'm, you know, I'm at milestone riding, and I'm hitting these jumps, and I'm like, ah, I can't believe this is a dirt bike because it it feels like a dirt bike, but there's no sound, so it's almost like a mountain bike um, sensation. But it, it does everything that your dirt bike can do. I can roll out of corners, and when I'm in map three on this thing, dude, I can get over big stuff. There's a there's a tabletop out of a right-hander at Milestone that I hit that's at least 70 feet, and I just roll it on, and it goes right over. So it does a lot of things um, similar to a gas-powered bike, and it... It's mostly on the rider to take the next level and do it. It's not even the bike holding you back. It's like it's my balls that's holding me back. My balls need to drop a little bit. I need to just suck it up and air it out because the bike can do it, right? When I first started riding it, I was very doubtful that it would. And then I got comfortable in it, and it did everything that I could do on a 250F. So I have brought, I should say we have brought a YZ250F and Alta with lit, with the Lit Pro device on my helmet. And as much as I want to say I was faster on the Yamaha YZ250F, I was faster on this Alta Redshift at two out of the three tracks that I've ridden. Granted, it's not Paula, huge jumps and stuff. It's, you know, milestone. Um, I did it at Glen Helen and... Uh, Surprisingly, as much, like I said, I was faster at Glen Helen on the Alta than I was on a YZ250F. And I purposely rode balls out on that Yamaha. And uh, 
I still was faster on the redshift. It was it was amazing. To me, it's just easy to ride. Um, I don't have to do as much on this redshift. I don't have to think about shifting. I really don't have to think about anything besides rolling on the throttle and trying to go fast. And what I like about this bike, which I think complements for you guys out there that maybe um, want to try to train, you know, it's almost like I can use this bike to train as well for my my gas powered bike because I can work on my technique so much more. Because I guess the lack of sound and the lack of uh, the things I have to do on on the Alta, um, I can really concentrate on where my feet are at on the pegs. Um, where my elbows are at when I'm coming to a corner, where I'm looking down the, the track. I can really focus in on a lot of my technique riding this Alta um, versus riding a dirt bike. And then when I when I get on my gas-powered dirt bike, I just roll it right over and I can really feel like my technique is getting better. And I can say that some of my technique has improved because of riding this electric bike. So... Um, that's one aspect that I thought I wanted to share with you guys standing out because uh, it's uh, super easy to really concentrate on the Alta uh, without the clutch. Am I going to lie and say, oh, yeah, it's no problem not having a clutch? Dude, it freaked me out when I didn't have a clutch at first. I'd go in a corner and I'd stick my finger out and I'm like, what the hell's going on? It's super weird having a closed fist coming into a corner without having a finger out. But you get used to it. That's the only really foreign thing, like I said, beside the sound. You'll get used to the tire flex and the rubber hitting, um, the transitions of the jump. You'll hear it go, woo, woo. You hear a lot of weird things that you don't normally hear. You bottom out, you hit the tire on the rear fender. But for simple fact of power, um, the thing rips, man. Like I've, like I said, I have have a lot of guys rode this thing, and they were really blown away. The downside, yeah, the battery life. I can't ride it for two hours. I wish I could. I think that's the only thing that's going to hold them back down the road is the length of time we can ride this thing. Um, I go out and bust a moto, and uh, 25 minutes in, you know, it might get a little bit hot, and the power goes down a little bit. So, um, like I said, technology of the battery is getting better, um, but the duration of fun is not as long on the Alta as it is on your gas-powered bike. So. Hopefully they'll get battery technology better so we can actually ride this thing longer um, because I really like riding this thing. It's fun to ride. Um, jumping the bike is similar than a, than a dirt bike. You give it gas wide open and the front end comes up, tap the rear brake, front end goes down, all that similar. Um, I mentioned the weight, 260 pounds. Well, that doesn't correlate on the track, guys. Like... There's no rotating mass. There's no crank. So side-to-side -side lean feels real light, like 250F light. Like I can lean this son of a bitch in the corner, and it'll stick and lean so far down. Like I've bar-dragged this thing, which freaked me out because you think you're going to fall over, but you just roll the throttle on it. It sticks. It's really cool. So it feels light in the air. It feels light in corners. The only thing that I think um, maybe Alta can improve on down the road is just get that weight down, and I think that's even going to improve everything over time. I think with the, the AER fork, it brought it down a couple pounds. I know they're working on some things um, with battery and the bulkhead um, to make it lighter. 
So if they get that weight down, you know, 10, 12 pounds, which I think they brought Josh Hill's uh, Red Bull straight rhythm bike down a lot. Um, so it's possible. And uh, if they do that, I think it's just going to make for um, an even better bike to ride on the track. So I have ridden this on the trail before. Um, even I, I took a bike with Dirt Rider and we did a test at Dirt Rider, but I got a chance to go up to Hollister Hills up in Northern California and ride on the trails up there. And I think that's one of the top five um, most fun times I've ever had in a dirt bike. So we had another guy, Derek, was with me, uh, one of the owners of Alta, and I just took him on a on a trail ride, or he took me on one, but I was behind him, and I was hooting and hollering and talking shit to him because he'd fall over, and I was like, ah, come on, man, stick your leg out, just, you know, busting his balls the whole time. Um, we're ripping through the single track, and uh, we kept, I catch up to this other um, gas-powered bike, you know, pass him, just hooting and hollering. It's just a cool sensation. It's like going mountain biking with your buddies up here on your dirt bike because you can talk shit and bullshit and uh, and uh, rip these single track um, trails that are just a blast. So that was really fun. I rode the trails out here in the West Coast, and they're faster. They're not as tight, so the battery life is not as good. But if you have some tighter single track stuff, all you back east guys or up in Canada or something, this thing would work good because... It doesn't suck the battery life uh, unless you're on the gas. So if it's really on, off, throttle, tight, pop you over logs and rocks, I mean, I've gone on an hour and, I don't know, almost hour and a half trail ride, 45 minutes out, 45 minutes back, and had about, I don't know, 28%, 30% battery. So um, that's one way to look at it for me, like, I wish I live in a in a spot where I can ride this thing in tighter trails, but the simple fact out here is everything's wide open, which is still fun. I just don't get you know enough time on it. So, um, trail trail riding is super fun on this thing. Suspension um, with the four CS for me getting really aggressive. It was soft, so uh, you guys out there that do ride or even have one, you can you know crank the compression a little bit or even go up to a heavier spring rate. Um, that helps. And um, you should be able to uh, go over large size obstacles, but I wouldn't recommend it unless you get some uh, a revalve or get some heavier springs in there. Um, but overall, man, I think uh, these guys are they're they're onto something, and um, I think us as the consumer and the people out there kind of need to accept it a little bit and figure it all out, give it a try, and. Uh, don't hate on it so much. You know, this isn't the Prius of motorcycle world. Yes, the price is fifteen grand. Um, you're asking me, would I go buy one right now? You know what? Probably not. I probably wouldn't go buy one because I don't have fifteen thousand um, dollars. But I'm telling you what, and it makes sense when they when they tell me this is there's no the maintenance costs on these things are far less than what I'm riding in my garage. So. I don't have to clean the air filter. I don't have to change the oil. I don't, you know, to give you guys an example, and I wasn't even going to mention this, but since we're talking about durability, um, the unit that I have has almost a 1,000 miles on it, and all I've changed, guys, was a set of wheels and two chains and sprockets. That's it. I've charged it, gone dead, charged it, dead, charged it, dead. I've done nothing. 
I've done nothing. So this thing lasts a long time. And, you know, I thought char- like your like your cell phones at home, how you guys charge them over time and then they go dead and they charge them. And it seems like the battery life is not as good. It doesn't last as long. This hasn't happened with the Redshift. So if I give it 100% charge, I time every time I go out, I clock it, right? So it's like an hour meter I have on my my watch on my watch on my wrist and I log everything and the time to mileage is the same. And it's been that way for a thousand miles. So, you know, when I say, Hey, I might not spend fifteen grand on this thing, well, I think the only reason why I wouldn't is I don't have that much money. And two, I like to go out for longer periods of time and right on the west coast where it's wide open. So I wouldn't mind having both of these if I had money, like a Redshift and a gas-powered bike. But if I lived on the east coast, I would be more um, open to the fact to ride one of these. And uh, it, piss pe- it, you know, it pisses people off when you pass them on this thing, too, because uh, they can't hear you. And they don't know you're there. And then you go by and they're like, where the hell did that guy come from? You know, that being said as well, you guys got to watch out because as cool as that is, those guys do not know you're back there. And I've almost had huge crashes because to no fault of theirs, they move over, they change lines and I'm over there right next to them and they almost hit me or T-bone me. Then I just go, hey, hey, hey. They're like, they look back and they're like, holy shit, where'd you come from? And then I get off the track and the guy's like, dude, I didn't know you were back there. Holy shit. So... You guys got to be conscious of uh, of knowing that, you know, hey, those guys don't know you're there because you're stealth. So I think that's something they're going to have to work with, too, as well in the AMA series. If they do go there, um, there has to be some kind of noise, maybe, you know, to know that uh, if they're going to make a pass, if the guy in front of them is going to, you know, change, li- change lines, you got to know that guy's back there behind you. So, um, very cool. I've raced it a couple times out here in the West Coast. I've won one race. Uh, it was a 250F Pro class, like a little arena cross out here, and it was eight laps long. Um, these things are really good off starts. Um, they pull starts really good because it's all torque, and it just seems to pull very, very far. Um, unlike a gas power bike where it kind of falls off, this thing just keeps climbing. So, um, man, it, it's a good bike to ride. If you guys do get a chance, I know they have demo rides all over. There's dealers popping up um, all over the United States. You can go to altamotors.co. Don't say .com because there's no M, so .co. And you can read all about it. They have a bunch of breakdowns in there. Um, if you guys see me at the track, you know, please come by and bullshit with me about it. And if I have one, I'm going to try to get these guys to uh, let me uh, have other people ride this thing so you guys can ride it. You know, I think... Uh, I may or may not have let a couple people do that, so uh, don't say anything. But uh, if you guys, uh, you know who you are, you came up the track and you rode it. So anyway, guys, it's it's a good bike. Um, hopefully, I answered some of your questions. Like I said, I'm a little bit biased because I like the guys; they're good dudes. But if it was a piece of shit product. I wouldn't do a podcast on it, guys. Like, honestly, I would not even want to talk about it. I wouldn't have gone and tested. I would have went up there and tested and it would have been done because I'd, I wouldn't want to risk my life um, riding something that's going to kill me on the track. So um, if you guys have the time, go to altamotors.co. Have any questions, hit me up at chris 
at keferinktesting.com and uh, we can bullshit about the Alta Redshift and uh, anything else you guys want to talk about. So uh, um, this is the second podcast this week. Hopefully we'll be getting the RMZ 450 in the week and we can talk about that next week. And uh, thank you for listening and uh, look forward to hearing your feedback. See you guys. Oh, one more thing. We got to figure out a noise because we make brap, brap, brap noises all the time, which you can make on the Alta. But also, four-stroke noises aren't going to work here. So hit me up, you know, at Kiefer 120 Figure out some noises we can do for this Alta zing. I don't, just, that doesn't sound right either. So, um, But we need to figure it out. Do it. We'll make a contest out of it. Later.